ಅಥಾಶ್ತಪಂಚಾಶಸ್ಸರ್ಗಹಾಶ್ವಸ್ತೋಯದಾರಾಜಾಮೋಹಾತ್ಪ್ರತ್ಯಗತಸ್ಮ
रामो राजीव पत्राक्षो भृशमश्रूण्यवर्तयत लक्ष्मनस्तु सुसंक्रद्धो निश्वसन्वाक्यमब्रवीद केनायम पराधेन राजपुत्रो विवासितह राज्यादुखलु कैकेया लगुचाश्रुत्यशासनम कृतम कार्यम कार्यम वाभयम येना भिपीडिताह यदि प्रव्राजितो रामो लोभकारन कारितम बरदान निमित्तम वासर्वथा दुष्कृतम कृतम इदम तावद्यथाकाम मेश्वरस्य कृते कृतम रामस्य तु परित्यागे नहे तुम पलक्षये असमेक्ष समारब्धम विरुद्धम बुद्धिलाघवात जनयिष्यति संक्रोशम राघवस्य विवासनम अहं तावन महाराजे पितुत्वम नोपलक्षये भ्राता भर्ता च बंधुष्च पिता च ममराघवः सर्वलोक प्रियंत्यत्वा सर्वलोक हितेरतम सर्वलोकोनु रज्येत कथम चानेन कर्मणा सर्वप्रजाभिरामं हिरामं प्रव्रज्यधार्मिकं सर्वलोक विरोधेन कथम राजा भविष्यती जानकेतु महाराज निश्वसंतीत पस्विनी भूतो पहत चित्तेव विष्ठिता विस्मुर्ता स्थिता अदृष्टपूर्व व्यसना राजपुत्री यशस्विनी तेन दुखेन रुदती नैवमाम किंचिदब्रवीत उद्वीक्षमाना भर्तारं मुखेन परिशुष्यता मुमोचसह साबाष्पं प्रयांत मुपवीक्षसा तथैवरामोश्रुमुखक्रुतांजलिस्थितोब्रवीलक्ष्मनबाहुपालितः तथैवसीतारुदतीतपस्विनीनिरीक्षतेराजरथंतथैवमाम इत्यार्षे श्रीमद्रामायने वाल्मीकीये आधिकाव्ये अयोध्याकांडे अष्टपंचाशसर्गः Ayodhyakanda, Canto 58 Bewailing the lot of Sri Rama, Sita and Lakshmana, who did not in any way deserve the hardships they were undergoing in the forest, the emperor urges Sumantra to deliver their parting message and the charioteer proceeds to tell him what they said. When the king woke from his swoon, Consciousness having returned to him, he confidently summoned to his presence the charioteer, Sumantra, in order to hear the news about Sri Rama. With joined palms, the charioteer then sought the presence of the aged emperor, who was dolefully sighing, seized as he was, with agony and grief, and feeling sore distressed and ill at ease, was mourning for Sri Rama alone, and thus resembled a newly captured elephant, hissing and remembering the leader of its herd. Like one so afflicted, the king for his part said to the charioteer, who stood respectfully, wearing a wretched look, his limbs stained with dust, and his face bathed in tears. Where will Rama, a scion of Raghu, whose mind is given to piety, live, taking shelter under a tree? What, O charioteer, will he eat, having lived most comfortably all along, right from his birth? How, O Sumantra, does the prince, who is undeserving of suffering and is worthy of reposing on a costly bed, lie down miserably on the ground like one forlorn? 
how will rama whom foot soldiers chariots and elephants used to follow whenever he went out of his palace live confined to a lonely forest how have the two princes taken up their abode with sita a princess of the videha clan in a forest frequented by carnivorous animals and deer and infested with cobras how did the two princes rama and lakshmana with sita of delicate frame and engaged in austerities proceed on foot getting down from the chariot o samantra accomplished of purpose indeed are you o charioteer by whom my aforesaid two sons rama and lakshmana have been seen entering deep into the forest region as the ashwins the twin born physicians of gods enter the precincts of mount mandara a mountain frequented by gods having reached the forest o sumantra what words did rama utter and what did lakshmana say and what did sita daughter of the king of mithila say pray speak to me about the mode of rama sitting lying down to sleep and eating o charioteer i shall survive on the strength of this information even as king yayati when hurled down from heaven on his stock of merits having been exhausted through self praise lived happily in the midst of pious souls urged thus by the emperor the said charioteer replied to the king in a faltering voice choked with tears as follows folding his hands and offering respectful greetings with bent head and thus strictly following the prescribed course of conduct o great king shri rama a sign of raghu said to me the feet of that high-souled father of mine who has realized the self and deserves to be greeted with bent head should be saluted in my name o charioteer the whole gynecium o charioteer should be asked without distinction on my behalf of their welfare by you and should be offered greetings in the order of their rank seniority and my mother kausalya should be told of my welfare and offered greetings on my behalf and assured of my punctiliousness with regard to my sacred obligations again the following message should be delivered to her remain constantly devoted to righteousness and attend the fire sanctuary at the proper time the time of fire worship and tend o godly lady the feet of your spouse as those of a deity shaking off pride of descent and self esteem born of seniority treat my other mothers on an equal footing and o mother treat kaikeyi to whom the king is so devoted as superior to you treatment should be accorded to prince bharata as to his majesty even though junior in age kings deserve to be honored pray bear in mind your duty towards a king bharata too should be told of my welfare and admonished in the following words on my behalf pray behave justly towards all your mothers the mighty armed bharata the delight of ikshvaku's race should be further exhorted as follows even when installed in the office of prince regent please serve your father who still occupies the throne of ayodhya the king has gone beyond the age of rulership do not dethrone him on this score therefore by keeping up his authority above all else maintain yourself by the office of prince regent ne shedding tears again and again 
Shrirama further asked me to tell Bharata, my mother Kausalya, who is excessively fond of myself, her son, should be looked upon as your own mother. Even while instructing me as aforesaid, the mighty armed and highly illustrious Sri Rama, who has eyes resembling the petals of a lotus, shed tears again and again. Highly enraged, Lakshmana, for his part, spoke hissing as follows. For what offence has this prince, Sri Rama, been exiled? Having quickly promised to carry out the command of Kaikeyi, the king executed it, not minding whether it was worth doing or not, as a result of which we have been subjected to excessive suffering. If the event of Sri Rama having been exiled was brought about through greed for power, or because a boon had been granted to that effect by the emperor, a wholly undesirable act has been done. Whether this was done according to the king's pleasure or through the will of providence, I do not find any justification whatsoever for Sri Rama's exile. The exile of Sri Rama, which has been brought about, contrary to usage, without proper consideration, due to short sight, will lead to remorse. I, at any rate, perceive no parenthood in the emperor. Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, is my elder brother, master, kinsman and father too. How can the entire populace be pleased through this act with the king who is devoted to the good of all people, having forsaken Sri Rama, the beloved of all people? Having actually exiled the pious Sri Rama, the delighter of all the people in opposition to the will of all people, how can father continue to be the king? Sita, daughter of Janaka, for her part, who is engaged in austerities, stood sighing and motionless, oblivious of everything, as though her mind was possessed by a spirit, O Emperor. Having never seen adversity before, the illustrious princess did not speak anything at all to me, weeping as she did, due to the distress of her husband. Seeing me about to depart for Ayodhya, she suddenly broke into tears as she stood looking at her husband with a withering face. Precisely as aforesaid, spoke Sri Rama, protected by the arms of Lakshmana, and standing with joined palms, his face covered with tears. And so did Sita, engaged in austerities, gazed weeping on the royal chariot driven by me, as well as on me. Thus ends Canto 58 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.